This is the Bible in One Year Express, Day 151. You have the energy of God. The world is running out of energy, oil, coal, gas, and so on. How do we ensure a sufficient energy supplies to sustain life? Where will we find this energy? Now we're searching anxiously for power from above, trying to harness the almost limitless power of the sun. All of us face the same problem as the physical environment, but on a spiritual level. You stand before a choice. Do you look for the energy you need in yourself and the resources of your intelligence and your entrepreneurial spirit? Or do you look for it from above, from the risen Christ, the Son of Righteousness? In the passages for today, we see something about the extent of God's energy, power and strength. Whereas on a physical level, we struggle to harness even a fraction of the power of the sun. God has given you full access to his endless energy through Jesus' resurrection and the gift of the Holy Spirit. From Psalm 68 Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. Proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Where does it come from? Energy, power and strength come from God. This psalm ends on a note of confidence as David proclaims, that the God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. Amazingly, God promises to give you his power and his strength. David prays, Summon your power, O God. Show us your strength, O God, as you have done before. In contrast, he is dismissive of any attempt to seek power elsewhere. He talks of the worldly power of an evil regime, rapacious in her lust for silver, crushing people. Yet he knows that ultimately such power will submit to God. David knows from his own experience that God's power is more than enough for all his needs. Thank you, Lord, that you will give power and strength to your people. Fill me today with your energy, power and strength. New Testament from John 19 and 20 When he had received the drink... Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was a special Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies, so that you also may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, and as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene 
went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who'd reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand this from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. What is it like? God gives you the same energy, strength and power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. I remember a time when I was speaking at a conference for church leaders. I'd been speaking for several hours each day and felt completely exhausted and drained. During a break, I happened to open the Message Bible translations of Ephesians 1, 19-20. The utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death. I felt re-energized from above. In this passage, John emphasizes that Jesus had truly died. When he had completed the job he'd been given to do, thereby fulfilling the scripture, he cried out, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. His last act was to give the gift of the spirit. He breathed out his spirit as later he would breathe on his disciples and also give them his spirit. Death by crucifixion could be sped up by breaking the person's legs. In Jesus' case, this was not necessary as he was already dead. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. At death, the clot and serum of the blood separates, and this would look like blood and water. John provides good medical evidence that Jesus was truly dead. It may be that there were already people at the time arguing that Jesus did not really die but only seemed to. This view came to be known as facetism, from the Greek word dokio, meaning seem. Muhammad was influenced by docetic views. The Quran states they did not kill him, neither did they crucify him. It only seemed to be so. John emphasizes that Jesus really did die. He gives the physiological evidence. He also shows that Jesus' death was in accordance with the will of God revealed in Scripture. These things happened so that the Scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another Scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. In the blood and water flowing from the side of Jesus, we see a symbol of hope. The blood symbolizes his life poured out for us. Water symbolizes the Spirit. The water flowing from the heart of Jesus will heal, cleanse and energize us all. The body of Jesus was wrapped in linen cloths and 75 pounds, 34 kilograms of spices. If anyone had removed the body, surely they would have removed the lot. No thief would have left the only items of value. Jesus certainly 
could not have taken the grave clothes off himself, humanly speaking. Yet the disciples found the linen clothes lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but separate, neatly folded by itself. William Temple, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, pointed out that the language used is extraordinarily vivid, and such as no invention would devise, no freak of imagination conjure up. On this evidence, it's hardly surprising that when the disciples saw, they believed. At this stage, no one had even seen the risen Jesus. Yet the evidence of the state of the tomb and the absence of Jesus' body was enough in itself to convince them of the resurrection. They'd believed that Jesus was the Messiah before. But this was different. They saw and believed that God's power and energy had raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was alive again. This was unexpected sunshine. Winter was over. Spring had come. When the New Testament speaks of God's love, the focus is on the cross. When the New Testament speaks of God's energy, power and strength, the focus is the resurrection. We rightly think of power belonging to God, yet we so easily forget that God's power is also for us who believe. The same power and energy that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in you. Lord, thank you for your extraordinary love that you were willing to die for me. Thank you for your resurrection and that the same power now lives in me. I pray you will fill me with that energy today. Old Testament from 1 Samuel 19-31 to David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But... David found strength in the Lord his God. How do we receive it? Do you ever feel exhausted at a low ebb, not knowing how you will be able to cope with all the problems you're facing? These were terrible times for the people of God. David had reached a low ebb in his life. He'd got himself in the position of being about to fight for the Philistines against Israel. But then even the Philistines decided they didn't want him. He gets back to find that the Amalekites have captured his and his men's wives, sons and daughters. The result is an explosive mix of grief and anger. The whole company was distraught at what had happened. And David's followers then turned the blame on him, threatening to stone him. But in the middle of all his problems, David strengthened himself with trust in his God. This was a turning point in David's life. Those who, like David, have turned to God in their deepest distress have been repeatedly amazed at the speed with which he has been able to change their fortunes. As the men returned from battle, some of his men did not want to share what they had recovered with those who were too exhausted to fight. But David was wise enough to see that everyone has a part to play in God's work. He replied, No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. The share of the men who stayed with the supplies is the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All shall share alike. Those who do the less glamorous work are just as important as those who hit the headlines. As we read of the death of Saul and his sons, it's clear what a brutal world they lived in. Saul takes his own life in order to avoid being abused in the way that Samson was, 
faced with such dangers and barbarism, it must have meant so much to David to strengthen himself with trust in his God. Follow David's example. Spend time with God, strengthening yourself, being re-energized and then trusting him wholeheartedly, believing that he is in you by his spirit and believing that you are able to do whatever you need to do through him. Lord, thank you that whether we are at our lowest ebb or facing great trials and challenges or just facing the ordinary struggles of life, we can all find strength and energy in the Lord our God. Pepper adds, in John 19 verse 39, it's so good to see Nicodemus back and a continuation of his story. His original conversation with Jesus in John 3 must have had a huge impact on him. It could have been just a one-off discussion, but here he is collecting the body of Jesus, having bought at great expense 75 pounds of myrrh and alloys. You never know the impact of one conversation with someone.